This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. A young preacher went to an older preacher one day, and he said, I need you to help me. He said, well, what, what, how can I help you, son? He said, I want wisdom. I want wisdom. And so the older preacher said, well, I'll tell you what you do. The next day there's a pouring rain. You go outside and you look up toward the heavens and you'll get wisdom. The young man thought that was about the most absurd thing he'd ever heard in his life, but he thought he would try it because you see, he wanted wisdom. So not long after that, there was a pouring rain. And he went outside and he looked up toward the heavens and the rain was pouring down his neck and it was, all, it was just a terrible situation, a terrible experience for the young man. And he went to the older preacher and he said, I did what you told me. And he said, I, it was pouring rain and I just looked up toward the heavens and the, the rain was going down all over my clothes and, 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 and I looked up and it was even going in my nose and he said, I, to tell you the truth, I felt so foolish. And the older preacher said, that my son is wisdom. Well, I don't know about the older preacher's definition, but, but today we want to talk about the call of wisdom the call of wisdom. Please stay tuned. Now today on our telecast, we are going to be offering again a free Bible correspondence course. Now, well, what this course is designed to help you get to know your Bible. We want you to have it in order that you might know a little bit more about it, that you might know how you can receive it. Why don't we pause for just a moment? To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'd like to call your attention today to a reading from the, from the book of Proverbs. It's in the very first chapter of Proverbs. And this is about wisdom, starting with verse 20. Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses at the opening of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out of my spirit on you, and I will make my words known to you, because I have called and you refused. 
I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded, because you disdained all my counsel and would not of my rebuke. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes, when your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish comes upon you, then they'll call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. The book of Proverbs is one of those books of the Bible that is known as wisdom literature. And it needs to be read. I would recommend that you read some of the Proverbs uh, very frequently because it, there's so many good common sense things that are taught in the book of Proverbs. Now today we're talking about wisdom and the call of wisdom. Verse 20 says that wisdom calls aloud outside. Now wisdom and knowledge are not the same. You see, wisdom is the ability to take the knowledge that you have and to use that knowledge in an effective way. For example, wisdom tells you, or rather knowledge tells you that the light is red. You come to a, to a red light and knowledge tells you that the light is red. Now wisdom tells you, based on the knowledge you have, that you need to stop. That's wisdom when you stop. Knowledge tells you that you ought to memorize portions of the scripture, and I believe that you should. Now, wisdom tells you to take the knowledge that you have memorized and, and read from the Bible and apply that. Knowledge sees quicksand, but it is wisdom when you walk around that quicksand. And unfortunately, many people do not have the wisdom they need in life. Some would see the quicksand and walk right through the middle of it. They may see a dangerous situation, and they have that knowledge that it's a dangerous situation, but they lack the wisdom to avoid that situation. So, so knowledge is the, what we know is right, the correct uh, directions to take in life. That's the knowledge that we have. And then wisdom tells us to apply the knowledge that we have. Now, wisdom is available to all people. For example, in verses 20 and 21, he said, Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. Uh, wisdom here is referred to as being a woman. It's, it's a, wisdom is personified here as being a woman crying aloud in the squares. She cries in the chief concourses at the opening gates in the city. She speaks her words. And she says, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? So wisdom is available. And we have fine wisdom from the everyday experiences of life. Did, did you not realize that you can gain wisdom from the small, cr smallest of the creatures on this earth, even from an ant? 
Go, go to Proverbs chapter 6, for example. Go, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Consider her ways and gain wisdom, who having no ruler, overseer, or guide, prepares her meat in the summer, gathers her food in the harvest. And so we can go and look at a small ant and, and observe the way that ants work the way that ants prepare for the coming of the winter, and from the, even the small ant we can gain wisdom. Well, you say, what do you learn from an ant? Well, two things that come to my mind. Number one is industry. That is, we, we apply ourselves, we're diligent. Ants have, are workers. And I've never seen ants an anthill, which, uh, which I have a lot of those in my yard occasionally, and I'm sure that you do too, I've never seen them in recliners. They're always working. They're always busy. That's one of the lessons that we learn from them. And a second one is that we can learn to make adequate preparation. Preparation for the inevitable. For the ant, the, the weather that's coming in the winter is inevitable. So knowing that the winter is coming, the ant prepares. So we gain wisdom even from the small ant. We, we, we observe what they do and we see what they do. That's the knowledge. And then wisdom helps us to apply what we learn from that small creature. Then wisdom is also available in the Bible. You know, James 3 and 13 asks the question, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge? Who is that person that has wisdom? In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus uh, somewhat clarifies all of that. And, and Jesus said, not, not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but, but he who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. And, and then many will say unto me in that day, Lord, it would not prophesied in your name and in your name cast out devils and in your name done many wonderful works, but I shall profess unto them, I never knew you depart from me, you that work iniquity. And then Jesus said in the next verse, verse 24, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto a wise man, that is a man with wisdom, and who built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it's founded on a rock. But then on the other hand, Jesus said, whoever hear these, hears these sayings of mine and doeth them not like unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand and the rains descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Notice this about the two builders in Matthew chapter 7. Both of them were exposed to knowledge. Both of them had the same knowledge. Jesus said, whoever hears these sayings of mine, hear these sayings of mine. And, and likely Jesus had in reference to the sermon that he had just preached in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. Whoever hears these sayings of mine, of course, that applied all of Jesus' teaching. But he said, whoever hears these sayings and the man who takes the knowledge that he has and he applies that knowledge and obeys my teaching is a wise man. He's used, shown that he has wisdom. But on the other hand, the man who has that same knowledge, he hears the same word that the wise man heard. 
He hears the same teachings of Jesus. And then after having heard it, he just forgets about it. He doesn't do anything about it. Jesus said, that man is a foolish man. A foolish man indeed. He is lacking in wisdom. And so when we think about the availability of wisdom, we gain wisdom through the study of the Word of God. In, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14, Paul said, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, of whom thou hast learned them, that from a child you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. That, that those Scriptures are able to do what? Make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So there's wisdom to be gained through a study of the Word of God. They can make us wise unto salvation in Jesus Christ. A third way I'd suggest we gain wisdom, how it is available at least, is through the asking for wisdom. James 1 and 5 says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally. We ask for wisdom. We pray for wisdom. Wisdom is nothing more than just common sense. And about the most uncommon thing in our world today seems to be common sense. See, see we, we have knowledge. Common sense would tell you to take the knowledge that you have and to apply that knowledge. For example, using the illustration of a man uh, coming up on a bed of quicksand, he sees a bed of quicksand. That's the knowledge that he has. Well, he shows wisdom when he avoids that quicksand. He's a foolish man when he goes right through the middle of it and, of course, might lose his life as a result of it. You see, wisdom can be spurned. In, in verses 24 and 25 in Proverbs, Solomon said, Because I have called, that's wisdom calling, and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded, because you disdained all of my counsel and you would have none of my reproof. You see, wisdom can be spurned. That is, it can be rejected. Well, who is it that rejects wisdom? People that are simple. In verse 22, Solomon says, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? Who is it that spurns wisdom? People that are, are simple. Now, that has nothing to do with their mentality. That's just talking about people that are easily deceived. Some people are just so easily deceived. Sometimes we refer to them as being naive. We refer to them as being gullible. Some people hear a man preach out of the Bible and, and they never take the time to see if that man is telling them what the Bible says. They're just naive enough to think that everybody's going to tell them the truth about the Bible and they never go and check on him. That's why 1 John 4 and 1 says, Try the spirits. Before there are many false teachers or false prophets or false preachers that have gone out into the world. We need to put them to the acid test. And, and is what they're saying found in the Bible? And so many times it is not. 
We, we don't need to be cared about by every wind of doctrine, according to Paul in Ephesians 4.14. I, I see a wind blowing, and there are some people that, that, that are just tossed around, and they believe anything and everything that they read, anything and everything that they hear. Some people will take their, their computer, or they'll take their uh, cell phone, and they'll read something on social media, and they just think that that's the law and the gospel. But so many times, it's not true puts things to the acid test. And so sometimes people are just deceived and they're gullible. And so those that are simple are refusers. Now, a second class of those who refuse wisdom are those that are scoffers, those that are given to, to mockery. And they mock God. I, it's inconceivable to me that a person would be brave enough, courageous enough, to mock God, but in fact, some do, don't they? They, they, they mock mockers of God. Paul, as a matter of fact, in Romans chapter 1, talked about those that were haters of God. Well, that would be the scoffer here. There, there are those that scoff the idea of Jesus being God's divine son. They, they say, oh, he, well, he really lived. There's no, no way a person could deny the fact that Jesus Christ lived on this earth. There's just too much evidence for that. But they say he was just a man that he was nothing more, nothing less. He was just a man. They mocked the idea of Jesus being the divine Son of God. And then they mocked the Bible. They, they scoff at the Bible. They, they, they ridicule the Bible. As a matter of fact, there are those that would like to do away with every copy of the Bible that is in existence today. There have been people who have tried that, friend. If, you, if, if that's your attitude, that you'd like to do away with it, let, let me just tell you to save, your, to save your efforts because there have been those ahead of you who tried it and they failed. And you will too because the word of the Lord abides forever. But there are those that scoff at the Bible. They, they make fun of the Bible and they make fun of those who believe the Bible. There are those that scoff at the idea of the cross. In Paul's day, there were those that referred to the cross as foolishness. To them, it was a very foolish thing indeed to think somebody dying on a cross could save your, your sins. And so there are those that, that, that would scoff and ridicule the, the, the church that Jesus shed his blood to purchase and they ridicule it. And even sometimes those who are so-called religious people make fun of and ridicule the church. Years ago, there were those saying, Jesus, yes, the church, no. I don't know how anybody could ever hope to, 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 to reconcile that with Scripture because Jesus is the head of the church. You, don't separate, you can't have Jesus without having the body, and the body is the church. He's the head, and there's just one head to one body. And so Jesus, don't make fun of the church. Jesus died to purchase the church, but there are those that, that spurn wisdom because they're scoffers. And they even scoff the idea of there being a future life. They said, hell is not real. Heaven is not real. But let me tell you, my friend, God will have the last laugh. That's what we read right here in the book of Proverbs. He said, I will mock at your calamities and I'll laugh when your fear comes. Don't, don't make fun of God. And then a third classification of those that are refusers of wisdom are those that we would refer to as being foolish people. You see, they have the knowledge, 
but they just misuse it. And uh, they don't like knowledge. They don't like what they hear. I, I could not begin to tell you how many people I have taught the Bible to over my years of preaching, but all of them have not appreciated it. There, there might even be some watching right now that do not appreciate what I'm saying. You see, but if I tell you what the Bible says, you're not opposing Brother Lambert, you're opposing the word of the living God. That is, they hate knowledge. And as a result of hating knowledge, they're not going to have the wisdom that they ought to have. And so there are those that do not, are not lovers of truth. That's just a fact. Of course, it's the truth that will make you free, isn't it? John 8, verse 32. Why, have you ever wondered why people would refuse wisdom? I can't imagine why a person say, I just don't want to be wise. I, I, I'd like to be known as being a very foolish person. I don't want to take the knowledge I have and apply it properly. Well, I, I'd suggest there are several reasons. One is willful, deliberate refusal. Listen to verse 24 again. I have called and you refused. I have called you and you refused. That is, they refused wisdom. That's just a direct refusal to do what is right. It is a direct refusal to take the knowledge one has and to apply it correctly. And so that's one way that people refuse wisdom. And a second way is just being completely insensitive about the matter. Listen to verse 25 again. You, because you disdained all of my counsel. They disdained his counsel. They disdained what he says. Now, talking about God and in his word. For example, in Matthew chapter 7, in the case of the foolish builders, who built upon the sand, who heard the same word the wise builders heard, and yet they did not build on the correct foundation. And that foundation include obedience to the word that they had heard. And because they did not take the knowledge they have and apply that knowledge correctly, they were lacking in wisdom. You see, he called, but they disdained his counsel. And then another reason people refuse is they're just that uh, indifferent. You said, he said, you said it not all of my counsel. You would none of my reproof. In other words, they, did, they, they knew what was right. They just didn't know anything about it. An illustration of that, I think, is in Luke chapter 16. And that's where Jesus told about a rich man that was clothed in purple and fine linen and he fared sumptuously every day. And a beggar named Lazarus laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed, fed from the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. And more of the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the, the rich man died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. And he sees Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy and send Lazarus, that they may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. And he said, no, no. His re request was denied. He says, well, then I want you to send him to my father's house. Send Lazarus to my father's house. And I've got five brothers, and those five brothers of mine are on their way to torment. And he, said, and, and he was told, they have Moses and the prophets. 
Let them hear them. He said, no, Father, but if someone went back to them from the dead, they would repent. Now listen to what he was told. If they hear not Moses and the prophets, they wouldn't be persuaded if someone rose from the dead. Of course, we have that resurrected one today, don't we? That's Jesus to cause us to believe in him and to believe his word and want to obey his word because of his resurrection. But I want you to think what he said. If they hear not, Moses and the prophets. If they said at naught the Moses and the prophets, they wouldn't be persuaded if one was resurrected. And there are those that said at naught the wisdom and the counsel and the knowledge that they have about salvation, about the church, about Jesus, about the Bible, all of the things that pertain to our salvation and our future life. They said it not those things. That is, they just refuse them and they're indifferent toward them. And then there are those that would get defensive. They would none of my reproof. They don't want it. They become defensive. If you begin to, to uh, say things that are contrary to their mindset, to their, to their uh, background, they, they, they become defensive about those things and they reject the counsel of God. Now, all of that being said, let's think about the rewards that we have when we listen to God and we take the knowledge that we have and we apply it correctly. Number one, you're going to have safety. Look down in verse 33. Whoever listens to me will dwell safely. The second blessing is that you will have security. It says, and will be secure. And then number three, you will be delivered from evil. He will protect you from evil. You see, it pays to do what God says all the time. It pays to take the knowledge that we have about salvation and apply that knowledge. Now, the Bible teaches that for us to be saved, we must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that He is the Son of the living God, that He came into this world and He lived and He died and was resurrected and is coming again someday. We must believe that with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. And as a believer in Jesus Christ, to be saved, we must be willing to repent of all of our sins because in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, the people who became believers on that occasion were told to repent. Repent. That's in verse 38. But as a penitent believer, as one who's willing to turn away from the sin in his or her life, we're to be baptized for the remission of sins. That goes back to Acts 2 38. Repent and. That's almost like saying repentance plus baptism equals something. Well, what does it equal? remission of sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been baptized into Christ? Take the knowledge you have. Take the knowledge you have about salvation. Apply it correctly. Who is a wise man? Is the man who obeys God. I want to thank you for watching today. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer.
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.